I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as foils attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all the podcasting, and welcome to a brand new Nerd Alert. Today, we're going to take on a very fun topic. We're, gonna, we're, we're fairly unscripted today. Uh, we didn't do much prep. I didn't do any prep. Uh, we're just going just gonna to wing it, just going to chat, uh, chat about a topic we all have uh, lots of experience in. And we're going to talk about best and worst celebrity experiences. Uh, meet and greets, autograph signings. Have you ever run into a celebrity in the wild? Uh, we'll get into all that today. But before we jump to that, let me introduce the crew. First and foremost, the man who keeps the nerd in the Tot Nerdy Toomey Network. He's here to learn you something, whether you want to or not. He's our own Mr. Wizard. Welcome to the bridge, Commander Scott. Martin Goodman. John Goodman's brother? No. Good guess. But no. Does anybody know that name? Seriously? Martin Goodman? No, seriously, we don't. Okay. So Martin Goodman. Um... In 1939, uh, with the emerging medium of comic books and the first superheroes coming kind of into the the pulp fiction trend and everything, this this ever-evolving kind of a thing, Martin uh, Goodman contracted with a newly formed comic book packager, Funnies Incorporated, to supply material for a test comic book. That comic book was Marvel Comics number one, cover date October 1939, and published by Mr. Goodman's newly formed company, Timely Publications. This comic book and this publication, publishing company, would uh, go on to feature first appearances of Human Torch, not that Human not Torch. Not the one you're thinking of, yeah. And the Submariner. Uh, which sold out and and goes on. Eventually, Timely Comics, I'm sorry, Timely Publications, um, does get its name changed to Marvel Comics Incorporated. So Martin Goodman is a key player in the formation of Marvel Comics. Now, this doesn't seem like a nerd fact in and of itself, but if you back up to 1937, two years before the creation of this, um, he and his wife, he and his new wife, were returning from their honeymoon in Europe. They had tickets on the Hindenburg, but were unable to secure seats together 
so they opted for an alternate mode of transportation. Thus missing the Hindenburg disaster. Now, I'm not saying Marvel Comics and all the stuff that we have and Stan Lee wouldn't have eventually come together in some form without Martin Goodman. I'm not saying. But it probably wouldn't be what we know today. Not death, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So right there, two years earlier, he had tickets on the Hindenburg and said, you know what? I want to sit with my wife. I haven't grown tired of her yet. Uh, and, uh, um, uh, yeah, so they now some stories will will say they decided to take a plane. That's not true because transatlantic flights did not exist in thirty seven. The first transatlantic flight doesn't happen until thirty. Yeah, so, do your homework, internet. So yeah. Anyway, so there you go. Well, thanks for that, Scott. It's like those. It's like those two Swedish guys in the movie Titanic in that documentary about the Titanic that lost their tickets. You know, playing poker. Those yeah. two Swedish guys lived lives fully while Leonardo DiCaprio and the other Italian guy um, boarded the <laughs> Titanic. His name is Fabrizio. You put some respect on it. <laughs> the other, I think. Guy. I'm not going to bother to look it up, but yeah. Yeah, you know, the Italian guy. Yes, Just like this, meatball, marinara. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna sail under the Titanic. Yeah. Those, uh, I go those, to America. Those two Swedish brothers, little known, are uh, two Swedish guys. They were brothers. They're the ones who invented the Swiss Army knife. So yeah. Oh, the, I thought you were gonna yeah. go with Hans and Franz, and they're uh, here to pump. They they, they, you they be Austrian, not 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 Swedish. I don't know. Yeah, because all the same. Because Arnold is Austrian. All, the Austrian all. oak. So they're all. It's all that area. Yeah, Europe. Sure. Okay. Let me introduce finishing riding out this terrible trio, ladies and gentlemen. Joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via a DeLorean. It's the Doc. This week on stupid shit that I heard in my film class. Yay! We gotta get a jingle. This, this one's fresh. Okay. This one is fresh off Hot and the, fresh out the kitchen. The, yeah. Uh, so today we finished Casablanca. Uh, so, yeah, I love Casablanca. I think it's a great movie. Some people think it's overrated, whatever. It's fine. I show it to them because I'm like, hey, you can have a good, substantial story and a good movie, and it can be in black and white, and it can be from the 40s. And you can enjoy it as a kid today because there were kids in my class that enjoyed it. Okay. But there was one kid who looked at me square in my eyes and said, I didn't get it. Thought the story was pretty straightforward. I'm having flashbacks to big. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It is just like, I didn't get it. And I was like, okay. What, what part? Part, <laughs> and he's like most of it, and I was like, "What? what did Do you, you know what World War Two was?" And then I had another student who looked at me, and he's like, "Well, I I didn't get it either," and I was like, "What?" And he's like, "At the end, I thought that those police officers were German, wearing fezes." Y- y'all weren't paying attention, were you? <laughs> 
and uh they they were also confused about the scene where the german soldiers are singing i don't know if it's the german national anthem or they're singing about the fatherland you know yeah and then they they come back to laszlo national anthem yep victor laszlo strikes up the band to sing the french national anthem and they had these looks on their faces like what the hell is going on so i had to put it in terms of football i said this is like if the Iowa, like if Iowa State Cyclone fans were at a bar in Iowa City and started singing the Iowa State Cyclone fight song, and then the Iowa Hawkeye fans struck up singing the Iowa fight song, that shit would hit the fans. But 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 that would also entail that one team was about to take over the other's country and fascism and all that yeah listen my hands are tied they're middle schoolers no i get like and and look that scene if you don't understand that what those songs are you're just okay they didn't like that song so they're drowning it out like if you don't know what the songs are i can see being confused by that scene that's fair so so then i i tried to explain i was like i'm like it's a pretty straightforward story like rick changes throughout the movie he doesn't care at the beginning he cares at the end it's pretty straightforward and he's like, well, why was the French guy going to go with him? Because he just witnessed him murder a member of the Third Reich. Okay, so then I had to pivot really quick. And I was like, well, what did you think of the movie? And then some kids were like, oh, I liked it. I liked it. Oh, I liked it a lot. Oh, yeah, it wasn't bad. And the one who didn't get it goes... Oh, I guess it was okay. I just really didn't understand it. I mean, to be fair, that a lot of plot points in that movie do kind of hinge on your understanding the the political climate it, of the world at the time and where they're at and everything. History, like in general. If only like, the movie explained that at the beginning. Yeah, but they're also middle schoolers. Most of them probably only noticed there was a World War One only because there was a World War Two. Like they could at least suss out the logic. You had to have a one to have a two. But and most of them probably don't even know what World War Two was. Yeah, that's what all the so, movies are about. Of course, the one scene in the movie where I'm like, I just know they're gonna say something or do something or be idiotic about it is when Major Strasser lands and all the german soldiers do the the zig heil and i looked like i knew that was coming and i looked at my students and of course the ones that are just knuckleheads were all like looking at each other going they just did the salute thing like oh my god because they're nazis historical accuracy is what that's called yes and all the way up until I want to say sometime in the 50s, but don't quote me on the actual year, but somewhere around that time, um, uh, the the Pledge of Allegiance, you didn't put your hand over your heart. You did that salute for the Pledge of Allegiance of the United States. That's the way it was taught. So, okay. anyway, there you go. I mean, this, let's just say this film class semester is going to be a doozy. Do they get to keep their phones while the movie's on? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's your problem right there. Well, that opens up a whole new can of worms because 
they're not supposed to be on their phones during the school day, but also we're allowing them to have their phones with them in the school day. So they're middle schoolers, so they're going to be on their phones. But anyway, anyway. Do middle just, schoolers have phones. Huh? Why do middle schoolers have phones? Because they it's 2024. Yeah. Hey, okay. how do they need phones for? It's a thing. They got to keep up with the social medias. No, they don't. All right. Well, anyway. Thank you for sharing, Jay. It's my favorite recurring segment. Look forward every every show to what dumb shit your kid says now. Uh, yeah, good times. Okay, so today's topic uh, is is sprung from a conversation uh, Jay and myself had. Um, so. We've been to lots of conventions, and yep. we've been in the, the the nerd pop culture world for a while. We've all, at some point, had an experience with a celebrity, uh, good, bad, and ugly. And that's what we're here to reminisce about today. Um, both the positives and the negatives and the terribles and the all that stuff. And this, this sprung from, Jay sent me a snap this morning. Uh, and, and in the bottom corner, I, I thought I saw a gross point blank poster. Uh, which I asked him about, and then he he sent me a picture back, and no, it was it was the autograph of uh, from John Cusack. Uh, it was an eight by ten that Jay had autographed, and and that led him to to tell me the story I'm prompting him to tell now. Yes, it was the worst. I can say undoubtedly the worst experience that I've had with a celebrity that I've met in person. Uh, so I had been to Lexington Comic and Toy Convention as a fan. I had been there as part of the Western Kentucky Ghostbusters and Iowa didn't really have many comic conventions. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, something's got to come up eventually. So Wizard World, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Wizard World. Um, they funded this con in Des Moines. And I, being the person that I was, wanted to support Iowa having a convention. So, of course, I started looking at the guest list and names were being announced. And then I saw the name John Cusack. And I was like, oh, he's been in some big name movies. I'd meet John Cusack. Like, that'd be pretty cool to meet him, talk to him. And I had, I think I had recently seen Gross Point Blank because I hadn't seen it. And Obi John recommended I watch it. And I watched it and I loved it. Great movie. Uh, Just don't ask him about Connor. <laughs> so, he refuses to talk about that movie. Oh, well, he refused to talk about a lot of things. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I get back to my story. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And I bought a three day pass. And so on the one day I was uh, dressed as Deathstroke and I was standing in line or, uh, well, sorry, I walked over to his booth and he wasn't there. And so then I went walking around the convention and I came back to his booth and he still wasn't there. But a Wizard World employee was his, I guess you could call it his handler at the time. So I walked up to the desk and I said, uh, hey, is is John Cusack around? Like, I'd, I'd like to get his autograph. And word for word, this is what his handler told me. He said, I'm sorry. Mr. Cusack is in the green room. 
and he will not come out to sign autographs until a line is formed at his table. <laughs> and I said, so you want me to stand here in hopes that a line will form behind me so that he can come out and sign an autograph. The handler basically was like, yeah. I said, okay, I'll stand here. And so then other people started coming up and I explained to them what the situation was. So then they stood in line with me, like, you know, solidarity, let's get him to come out. So uh, we... We stood there. We had a line of probably like, I'd say 10 to 12 people waiting for him. And we waited and waited while we stood in line. So I stood there, I don't know, had to been like 45 minutes to an hour. And then he finally came out. He's wearing a Chicago Cubs hat. And I was like, okay, I know the Cubs. I know baseball. Let's lead with that. And then the handler's like, okay, what, what picture do you want? So I picked out my gross point blank picture. And I was like, I'm going to have him sign this one because it's relevant because I'd just seen this movie. And I had him sign it. And he's like, who's this to? And he like, it wasn't even Cusack that asked me. It was the handler. Who's this to? And I said, to Jason. So he put to Jason, stuck a post-it note to the picture, slides it over to Cusack. Cusack writes to Jason, starts signing it. And I was like, so is, is this the Cubs year? And he goes, maybe. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Hey, uh, my buddy, you know, he's a huge fan of the movie Gross Point Blank. I just watched that movie, too. I really liked it. Yes, okay. Hey, what was it like to work with Dan Aykroyd in sort of like a different role that Dan Aykroyd's normally used to, where he's like an assassin, you know, like, how was that? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, how was that? And he goes, it was good. He's a real chatterbox, huh? Thanks, John. Here's your, here's my eighty dollars. Get the fuck out! (laughs) It it was like pulling teeth to try to get to talk to him. And I understand, like he thinks he's bigger than his britches because he's John Cusack, and he's been in some big name movies, and that's fine. But dude, you're at a comic convention in the middle of Iowa. You should at least have some sort of conversation other than like terse one word answers. Yeah. See, stuff like that pisses me off to know it. Because, okay, now look. Devil's advocate. Being a celebrity at a convention is exhausting. Admittedly. Uh, you're, you're at the table signing, or you're doing a panel, or uh, photo ops. Like, you're, 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 you're rolling all day long. Unless you're someone like Mr. Cusack, or apparently Mr. Uh, Chuck Norris, who will not come out unless there's a line formed ready to meet you. That pisses me off to no fucking end. I agree. Uh, be, because, no, 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 that's, that's, that's not how this works. Because here's how it works. As a celebrity at a con, you're getting paid a set amount no matter what. Whatever that amount happens to be. For John Cusack, I'm sure it was a nice uh, five to six figure number. Uh, he got paid that weekend. If, a, if not a single person showed up to get his autograph, he still got paid for being there that weekend. Uh-huh. You're, you're you're paid to be here. You're paid to interact with people and sign autographs. That's what you're here for. Get your fucking ass out there and sign autographs. Now, granted, there's extenuating circumstances. Does his flight get in late? Does you know stuff? Shit happens. They're they're people. Shit happens. Okay, 
but you got to make the best of it. You, you got to put your face on and, and interact with, with the people that are there to see you. That's why you were there. You're there to get butts through the door and then to have a nice experience with those fans. That's what you're there to do. So hearing stories like that, where it's just, was did the baseball cap like cover the face? Did, did he ever look up from signing no, his autograph? It was like, it was like down the whole time and like pulled down over his eyes and he was just signing away. And like, as I was asking questions, he didn't look up. And then he just like slid me the eight by 10. And I'm just like, <sighs> it's like, I know my dad, um, my dad loved, Oh God, what is that movie? Runaway jury. He really loved that movie. And I feel like if, if dad had known what this, I don't know if I told him about this conversation I had yeah. with Cusack. I think <laughs> the I saved the conversation like, you had. Like I didn't want to tell Dad because like I didn't want him to be like that fucking asshole. Because like I also didn't tell him about the time. Well, I can get into that later. Um, but it it's just like I didn't want to ruin it for for my dad. And I just so I just held that in, and I was like, this fucking sucked. Yeah, that's, <laughs> there's no that's... way to put it. It just sucked. That's the flip side of it, man, is, is you know, you're meeting a celebrity, you know, an actor or whoever, that you, obviously you, you're going to shell out your hard-earned money for them to sign a photograph for. You're obviously there because you're a fan of their work. As a celebrity, like, that's kind of your stock and trade, is your fans, your fan base, the people who, you know, will come out to watch you in movies or TV or wherever you're in. And the bad experience, in person, sticks with the fan. Yep. Um, I I will say I'm glad uh, I'm happy that my list of negative celebrity experiences is very short, but my list of positive celebrity experiences is very long. Well, then but let me just, dog by yeah, yeah, because you at least got acknowledgement of your presence and and words spoken to you. Um. I had the experience of meeting the the last surviving main cast member of one of my favorite movies of all time, Jaws. Uh, I got to meet and have a photo with Richard Dreyfuss uh, right. just last year. So me and in Flanagan, uh, aka Chris, um, we're super big Jaws nuts. So I'm dressed up in full uh, uh, Chief Brody gear. Flanagan throws on a shark costume. We pin some yellow balloons to his back for the barrels, and we're walking around, and people are pointing and laughing, and we're having a grand old time and waiting in line to get our photo op. And you know, photo ops are a very different kind of experience from the 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 celeb autograph. Is you know, you you stand in line, you get there, you say some words. It's not a meet and greet. Neither one of these experiences is a meet and greet. It's a transactional thing. They're there to sign your autograph. Hopefully you'll get you know a brief little inter- interaction with the celebrity and then keep the line moving. Well, photo ops are that cranked to eleven. It's it's a cattle call, man. It's be here at this time. Go stand in this line. Okay, now this line. Go stand in that line. Okay, this line. We're about to let you in to meet the celebrity. Go walk to your mark. Uh, look at the camera. Smile, and we'll take your picture. And then you're right out again. Like they they keep it moving. Uh, so I know that I've done celebrity photo ops. I know they move quick. It's not a meet and greet. I get that. But I'm standing next to Richard fucking Dreyfus, a guy I've watched my entire life uh, and, 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 and a huge part of one of my favorite movies of all time, Jaws. 
And there's that first, there's that moment of, oh my God, it's really him. That's so cool. So they peel, they pull back the curtain. We're, we're standing in our photo op line after the, the many curtain call lines of, okay, or a cattle call. Go stand here. Go stand here. Okay, we're calling you up. Go stand here. Okay, you're about to go through. Pull back the curtain. We walk up to our photo op. I preface this with, he's an older gentleman. Had he been sitting in a chair? Okay, fine. He's an older gentleman standing up all day. I wouldn't have faulted him at all. He has a high top chair in front of him that he's leaning against. So I'm like, oh, okay. I hope he's hope he's okay. I walk to one side. Flanagan walks to one side. <clears throat> we we kind of turn to get our photo up going, and just as we're walking up, it's oh, that's so nice to meet you, Mister Dreyfus. And his sole response. <laughs> For those who can't see, he just nodded his head. Not even a smile and a nod, just a nod as his head. I'm like, okay. Click. All right, thanks. Move out this way. Okay. We walk off. And I was like, well, that was that was brief. That was <laughs> that was $95 I can't get back. It's and then the, I was like, well, okay, because my tradition is I do the photo op and then I go have him sign it, right? So I'm, I'm walking around to go find his his side his his line to go get an autograph. It's another eighty five dollars for an autograph. Good God! And I'm thinking, do I want to pay another eighty five dollars to have him scribble on this when I'm going to get no additional interaction at all? If, if that's how he is, like, okay. So for the first time in a very long time, I did not go back to get an autograph. I don't blame you. And I, I would like to, I, I would like to just, just sort of piggyback and like compare, like a contrast and compare to John Barrowman. When there's a guy who knows how to work a crowd. When uh, I think it was me, Obi John, and Flanagan were dressed. I was dressed as Deathstroke. John was Arrow, and uh, Flanagan was uh, Red Arrow or Speedy, whatever. I don't know what you what you call him. And John Barrowman put me in a fucking headlock, and he stared at John and went, "You failed this city." And just I got like that picture somewhere. Oh my god! Just the whole interaction with John Barrowman was like he came out of his photo op, like the little curtain booth thing, and was like talking about the things you could do prior to our picture getting taken, and it was a. There was it was a short list of things you couldn't do. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Don't he kiss him like, on the mouth. That was about it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh. So to hear your story of what happened with Richard Dreyfus is very sad because oh dusty. yeah, there it is. You put me in a friggin' headlock. I loved it. It's a great, just, it's a great group shot, man. I love it. What is it? I haven't. I, haven't, I don't know if I've seen it. I'll oh. bring it to work. I need any good scans of all these. Oh, yeah. Jay, so, he's got your he's got your hood because of the headlock. Your hood is kind of getting scrunched around your face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So but, in the photo, you're just like, I can't breathe. That's that's pretty much how I felt, too, because like he's a strong individual. <laughs> and when he just like he hooked me into it, like I wasn't expecting it. 
And you know how, like, when you're not expecting something and then all of a sudden it happens, you're sort of shocked? That was me. And then they clicked the picture, and I was like, I didn't even really prep for this picture, but okay. That was a great time, man. Yeah, he uh, he interacted with the fans. He he was excited to to see you. He was happy. And granted, it could have all been bullshit, but he's a great actor. He pretended for our sakes to be happy to see us and to to yes. pose with us, and was quoting, "Yeah, yeah." He 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 was worth every penny. And let me tell you, he was significantly less expensive than Richard Dreyfus. It just yeah, that hurt. That pains me, John, because like when you told me that Richard Dreyfus was going to be there, I was excited for you because I couldn't be at Scarefest. And then when you told me the story about it, I was like, I felt your your bummed out sort of attitude towards it. And I look, had you been there, if nothing else, we would have had an amazing photo of you as Quint, me as Brody, and then Hooper right there with 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 Brucey next to us. It would have been a cool photo for the for yeah. us to have. Yeah, but it would have been very expensive. But I guarantee you, Richard Dreyfus would not have helped us recreate a promo pick like someone else has. Do we right. want to tell that experience? That's it. We were all there for that one. That was a- that. That was not a negative one. That was a very positive yeah, experience. Let's get positive for a minute. Let's let's get yeah. out of the doldrums a little bit. Unless you got a negative one, Scott. But we'll we can... we'll, circ- we'll circle back. We'll, yeah, we'll roller coaster this. No, no, no. That's, that's, let's that's, talk about I Dirk like fucking Benedict for a minute. Yeah, Dirk Benedict, awesome guy. Love that one. We uh, we did we did the A team, of course. You know, yeah, Obi John was was Colonel John Hannibal Smith. Still got that wig somewhere around here. <laughs> With a really bad gray wig on. <laughs> Cheapest one I could find on Amazon, because I'm never wearing it again. Oh, it was horrible. Um, uh, uh, the doc as uh, Sergeant B.A. Baracus. And yours truly is Captain H.M. Murdoch. Going to see Dirk Benedict, who pay, played Lieutenant Templeton Faceman Peck. To round out the quad, quadro quad, quartet. Thank you. That's the uh, that's the thing. And uh, yeah, uh, once again, once we got there, you know, um, I don't think he gets a lot of eighteen cosplay. That was a perfect example of the philosophy I would say when you if you're going to meet a celebrity, talk to them about anything other than the thing they're known for. Uh-huh. And you will get a great reaction out of them. Uh-huh. Uh, and granted, some actors nailing down their thing, like John Berriman, I would say he's probably primarily still known as a Doctor Who actor, but he's been on so many other shows and in so many other projects. He's got a lot. He's got a wide fan base. Um, but like meeting Stephen Amell, he's going to get a lot of Arrow fans because that's still what he's primarily known for. Dirk Benedict primarily is still known for. Especially now, because the the series kind of had a revival, uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> and in line to go meet him, there were lots of Battlestar Galactica fans wearing the T-shirts. I think there were at least one or two Viper pilots in there. Lots of Battlestar Galactica, and not even classic Galactica, which is the show he was actually on. Huh? It's all modern reboot Galactica yeah. fans coming to meet him. Yeah, and then. There's the three of us at the, the front of the line, yep. basically. Yep. Oh, my God. My One of my favorite things of it was when we walked in and he looked at us and he had that look on his face like, holy shit. And then when he slapped me on the arm, he goes, you 
you need some paint or something on you. <laughs> they <laughs> literally like, suggested you go in blackface. No, no, no. We'll get you says, it's okay. Dirk said I could. <laughs> See how that goes over. Oh. No, the the realization this this was great. This was great when when he realized we said okay. So this is you know we showed on the we wanted to recreate a, a promo pic from the eighties. Now granted, this is stuff you're not supposed to do during a photo op. You're supposed to come in, say hi, stand and yeah. hit your mark, get your photo, and get the fuck out so we can move on with it. We ignored those rules completely, well, uh, and and we, we you know because he hey, he was very happy to see us when we yeah. came in. He greeted us at the door. And, hey, how's it going, guys? And yeah, it took him a second to be like, "What? It, oh, because you know we looked a little off until you put <laughs> us all together. And then, then you form the picture of, oh, I see what you guys are doing now. And then, not only did he realize, oh, you're the A team, he then realized, and you left the face man open. Yep. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, of course. You're the face man. Yeah, you're your face. Yeah. We want you to be face. So. He was he was he was delighted that we want that we still wanted him to be our face, you know. And then and, and we we recreated that promo pretty fucking close. Pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah. I what I thoroughly enjoyed about the whole thing was not just that we were there like one of the first people in line for him to see, but when we went down and stood in line for his autograph, huh. and again we were one of the first groups in line. And he picked us out and remembered us right away because he's like, you don't get many A-team. And I, I think he mentioned that, too. Yeah. It, so we did. We went right from our photo op to his autograph line with our freshly printed photos to have him sign, uh, which is the, the thing I always do. I think it's a cooler uh, memento than just a random 8 by 10 So we, we went and did that. Excuse me. And, and yeah. Now, again, autograph lines. They're a little more lenient about, pardon my pun, FaceTime with the celebrities um, than in photo ops. Because in photo ops, they got to keep the line moving because there's another photo op coming. They, they, they churn that out as fast as they can. Um, autograph lines, you, you have a little more leniency. But it's still, again, it is not a meet and greet. You're there to have an autograph signed. You can get it personalized. Usually, sometimes it costs more, depending on the con and the contracts that they're under. Maybe you can get a selfie with them at the table. You know, it varies. But but you're not paying for like a prolonged meet and greet, hangout, chat experience. That's at least we didn't pay for yeah. that. No, we but sure didn't. But goddamn, we, we get our money's worth. Yeah. So he <laughs> he sees us. There's a few people ahead of us, and he he we come up, and again. He lights up. He's excited to see the A team, and we're there to chat. And he's looking at the photo that we took, and looking at the promo. Is that's pretty? He's comparing. He's like, that's pretty dang close. And just starts chatting with us. He was so excited to talk about anything besides fucking about Star Galactica, and not because I guarantee the people asking him Galactica questions again weren't even asking him about his Galactica. Yeah. So he was over the moon. And and sat there and talked all about the 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 show and some behind the scenes stories and and it was just super nice, because um, I think he was one where it was signing his X amount to put a quote was like five or ten bucks more. Yeah. Did either of you ever pay the extra price for a quote? I well, didn't even I, realize there there was a an extra price when I went up and asked him, "Hey, can you write this on mine?" I missed the extra price thing because that was we were he awesome. didn't care. He just I didn't 
I didn't pay for anything. And he full on just started writing quotes. All I was like, you write whatever you want on that photo, dude. I'm not going to stop you. It's it's my only regret from that whole thing is that I didn't get an autographed picture from him. But you didn't? No. Oh. But I because I, I was I think I spent it on I spent that money on something else that year. I don't remember. Oh, Giancarlo Esposito was the one that I wanted to. So I didn't get. I just I treasure the interaction, and especially when like. Uh, you just Scott put in the was, bill. It's not that much extra. Well, especially when Scott was talking with him and just the, like... Because Scott was in full character as Murdoch. As yeah. H.M. Howling Mad Murdoch. Oh. Do it, Scott. What am I doing? Do the Murdoch voice. Talking mm-hmm. to your dog. I have, a, I have a Murdoch voice? Talking to your imaginary dog? Well, I don't remember having uh, a Murdoch voice, but... You can't put me on the spot. I don't perform. I'm yes, I can. I just did. I'm, you performed. I'm you that don't perform their A-team role to its maximum potential when they're asked to. What's the matter with you? Talk about bad for the kids. Jibba-jabba. <laughs> <laughs> now, B.A., you need to calm down and drink your milk. Yeah. <laughs> Still one of my favorite. Uh, it is one of my favorite experiences as we- just... We collectively made the promo video for LCTC, whatever the next year was. Yeah. There's a group yeah. shot of the three of us that got in that promo video. <sighs> yeah. That was a great experience. Yeah. That was. Yeah, there's a tip. If you're going to be this land, I get the temptation. But talk to them about anything other than yep. the thing they're known for. Yeah. I guarantee. Because here's the deal with, with autograph lines. Yes, they want to keep it moving. However, it's run kind of at the behest of the celebrity. If the celebrity wants to stand and keep chatting for 10, 15 minutes, their their helper isn't going to push you along. Yeah. They kind of run their own show. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to step on any toes, Scott, if you have more to add, but it just, it made me think of one of my least and most favorite interactions with a celebrity. And like, it's one of the worst interactions I had, but not because of the celebrity. Okay. Uh, so you remember when Kevin Conroy was there? I know I've told this story on the show before, but I'll tell it again. I remember I'm, when I'm Kevin so, Conroy was there. I'm so bummed I didn't, I didn't get to go meet him. Had we known. Yep. So I, I stood in line to go meet Kevin Conroy. I was dressed as Deathstroke, which I thought was kind of funny. And standing there waiting to meet Kevin Conroy. But these two guys in front of me, they thought that they were the future of voice acting. (laughs) So they decided to start doing Batman voices to Kevin Conroy. And this is why it's one of the worst, but also one of my favorite, because I had to sit there and I had to deal with it. I had to deal with these two guys trying to do Batman to Batman. Uh, But Kevin Conroy just sat there and listened and like smiled and nodded and was like, oh, that's nice. He was very polite. Yeah. So then when I got to Kevin Conroy, I was like, hey, I'm not going to keep a lot of your time. You're like a voice of my childhood. I loved Batman, the animated series. If you could just write something really cool on the autograph and sign it, that would be great. 
Please tell uh, me he wrote really cool. On no, the no. He wrote he wrote to Jason, I am vengeance. So what you should have done when you got up there is you should have gone, you should have kind of gestured to them as they were leaving and gone, good God, the audacity of some people, huh? And just kind of depending, just gauged him at that point. And if he if he gave you the least little bit, then you go in, here's how you do a Batman voice. And then you, you know, just, just kidding. I'm not, no. <laughs> Where were the other drugs going? Where were the other drugs going? See, I went, I went high, because like a bat. Like they would... <laughs> this is not a car. Where oh, no, we're hockey pads. Where were the other drugs going? Walking out of it. You know, I'm better. I'm stronger. I'm Batman. Uh, so anyway, that was a short one, but it was like, like dudes, you just know. What are you doing? Well, that's just yeah, dealing with fans in line is a whole different ball of yarn. That's a whole different show. Yeah. But, uh, and, and and especially when the fan in line is the person you're with that you have to deal with, because you don't. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Was, was I don't. Me? No. Okay. Good. Okay. No. <laughs> so it was. It was. It was uh, Flanagan, Chris, and I went oh. to see uh, uh, Doctor Cox. Uh, oh yeah, I wasn't there for that. You, yeah, you weren't there for that. Uh, he and I went down first thing to try and get into his line. The hell's his name? I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> John C. McGinley. Yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah. So he was there. We both loved Stan. Him. That's not his real yeah. name. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Scrubs, Stan versus Evil, and rest like that. We were the first ones in line, right? And Chris goes up ahead of me. He goes up first. And, you know, th- I mean, this guy comes in. John C. McGinley's buff. I mean, this, this yeah. man is. I mean. And, uh, you know, he's he was a little late, but, you know, he was still in a good mood and everything. And so Flanagan goes up and he starts telling this story about how he was he first moved to Kentucky from Maine. He didn't know anybody here. He was missing his family. And it was Scrubs that helped get him through that. He was kind of his support mechanism that, you know, going seeing Scrubs and stuff. He's like, so you. You helped me, and there's oh man, glad I'm glad I'm, blah, blah, blah. they had this great interaction, and and then I walk up right behind it after Flanagan steps aside, and I'm like, how am I supposed to follow that? I, I, I like your show. <laughs> My name is Cox too. See, I wasn't gonna do that, and then Flanagan did it for me. He's like, oh, his name's Cox too. It's like, yes, I'm sure he's never met anybody with the same last name as his character. Oh God, it was just. It was horrible. I must have had me about 15 Dr. Peppers. (laughs) (laughs) He was, he was very polite. He was very, you know, accommodating, uh, and, and everything like that. Um, and, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. Following on the heels of, uh, of that, uh, of Flanagan's performance. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to pigtail on that. And I'm going to circle back around to something I was trying to cue you up for a minute ago. Okay. Um, Slight karma back at Flanagan for that. Um, a few years back at LCTC, we got to meet uh, Amy Jo Johnson, the original Pink Power Ranger, <laughs> who I've been slightly in love with since 1993. <laughs> um, and and again, autograph. I don't want to take up a whole lot of time, but I wanted to share with her 
that growing up, me and my sister never really had a whole lot in common because she was into girly stuff and I was into boy stuff. But Power Rangers, we could share because there was a pink Power Ranger and her name is Amy, which is my sister's real name. Um, so, you know, Amy loved my sister. Amy loved Amy Joe Johnson. And we bonded like to this day, Power Rangers is kind of like a shared thing we have in common. So I was going to briefly surmise that and then say, you know, so thank you for unknowingly helping me and my sister uh, connect and, and, and uh, get along better. I rehearsed it in my head several times because I don't want to take up a lot of time, but I want to get over, you know, I don't want to be that guy. And then I get about 10 feet away from Amy Jo Johnson, who, if you haven't seen recently, is still just gorgeous. And every voice, Jay has seen a version of this with other celebrities, but it is to this yeah. day, the it is even more so than the one Jay knows about. This is the most starstruck I have ever been in my entire life. My entire brain shut down. Vocals didn't work. I was the... I, I don't even remember what I said. It was something to the degree of thanks for coming. It's nice to meet you. And then she signed and I walked away and I got about 10 feet away from her. And like, she must've had some kind of like aura. Cause as soon as I got out of the aura, my brain kicked back in. I was like, the fuck just happened. <laughs> but Flanagan didn't know that. So Flanagan walks up to her and says, Hey, I don't have a cool story to tell like that guy does. And she goes, oh, he didn't tell me anything. He must have chickened out. <laughs> so yes. autograph line karma got him back, I guess. Uh, but no, I, I was I was teeing Scott up for a, a, a more recent celebrity encounter. When I, I brought up, if you want the a cool interaction with a celebrity, don't talk about the thing they're known for. Scott presented a celebrity with a gift oh. that ties into one of their unrelated to their character hobbies yeah yeah we met um uh that guy yeah i'm, I'm not doing well with names like place place fight the hell's his name i'm not doing well with names leave me alone <laughs> you know the one guy the guy that sits in the chair hanson mount hanson mount thank you uh, sorry <laughs> So, yeah, I shouldn't have taken a drink when Scott was about to talk. That guy, you know, Pike, the dude. Yeah, the, the God guy. damn, he's on that TV show. Sits in the chair and he says the thing. Um, oh. you know, uh, we went to meet Anson Pike, who's currently playing. Uh, Anson Captain Mount, Pike. who's currently playing Captain Pike. Captain Pike in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Anyway, so I follow him on uh, Instagram. And what led me to following him on Instagram is he does, uh, as a hobby, he does woodworking. Um, and a couple of weeks prior prior to that, he he had put some videos up of him building. Uh, he he built his bed basically. It's all reclaimed wood and stuff. It's gorgeous. And so, uh, you know, I I get up to to meet him. Keep in mind, I do have a Trek cosplay on, but it's an engineer cosplay, so it's not quite the same, you know, uh, stuff that you usually see. And I, I, as he's signing, you know, he's, I, I complimented him on his bed. I was like, "Hey, that was a that was a beautiful bed." You know, I saw you, you saw the videos on your Instagram. He's like, "Oh, thank you," and everything. And uh, which I proceeded to tell him that while I'm not a woodworker, you know, I do turning and everything. And I gave him a, I gave him a pen that I had turned out of. I, I think it was Cocobolo. I'm not. I forget what it is now. But I, I was like, I'd like you know to, to give you this because I know you like woodworking and stuff. And, turning and he's like oh and he stops and 
he's taking the pen apart and basically he starts asking me the process. So we have a nice little, what, five to eight minute kind of a back and forth conversation on pen turning and how the finishing goes and, and, you know, using the, the, uh, uh, the bushings to give you your outer diameter for your hardware and everything else like that. So yeah, that was, that was pretty fun. It, it wasn't real Can- talk. Contrasted with some other jackass who gets up and asks some questions about Star Trek continuity. <laughs> was that you? Guy? I was having a, I was having an off con, man. I don't know what was up with me. <laughs> yes, he, I asked him if his line uh, "hit it" was a nod to the previous Captain Pike who said "punch it." Yeah, I asked that question. I was that guy. Wearing a fucking red shirt too. Uh, if if we're, I mean, if we're sort of semi delving into having conversations with celebrities that have nothing to do with anything they did, uh, um, I I would butcher his name if I tried to say it, but he plays Data in the Goonies, and he was short round in Ki Hu Kwan. There you go. Uh, I met him. And I was the only person in his line getting his autograph. And I have a picture at school of him um, as Data. And he signed it. And he signed it, um, Goonies Never Say Die. Uh, so as he's signing it, we're talking. And he's just like, so where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Iowa. <laughs> he's like, really? What do you do? And I was like, I'm a high school math teacher. Because at the time, I was teaching high school math, not middle school. And he goes, no kidding. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, what subjects do you teach? And I started rattling off the subjects I teach. And he goes, wow, you teach all that. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you like it? And I was like, oh, yeah, I really like teaching high school. It's a lot of fun. And he, we went into like a 10 to 15 minute conversation about teachers and how teachers change the world and like how, how he thought of his teachers and what I'm doing is really great and just like shooting the breeze and just having this off conversation that had absolutely nothing to do with anything that he was doing. And he was just a genuinely nice person. And now, like, granted, there was nobody in his line at the time, so he could have this conversation with me. But, like, it sticks with me that he was, like, legitimately interested in what I was doing and, like, like made me feel good about my choice to be a teacher. And I just, like... I left that conversation like, wow, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> it was just fun. And he's an Academy Award winning actor now. Director? And actor? still a director? Actor. A- he won for acting. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That he did. It's always fun when you, you get a chance um, to actually you know interact with somebody. Usually because they don't have a lot of people, you know, in their line and they're just like that. It's not busy. Um, Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo was fun. That was (laughs) when we got to chat with him. Doc and I got to chat with him for a little bit, like before the con opened. He was getting his table ready and stuff. So we were just doing a walk around, you know, before the con opened. And he was getting, he was, he was in a perfectly chatty mood. And we just kind of shot the breeze for a little bit about, you know, this and that, different things. Uh, somebody not us did ask about did ask him about uh, uh, Hercules, though, and uh, uh, 
his his comment on Hercules was that it was the how did he put it um, the best uh, dating agency something that he's ever been because apparently he he was single at the time of shooting and they would just bring in you know guest actresses and stuff and you know of course you get it you're working as much as they worked on that show you don't get a chance to go out and do things so apparently you know he'd ask you know uh, guest stars out every now and then they go out to dinner and stuff like that and he ultimately met his wife i think shooting hercules started dating i guess but yeah it was just an offhand one that i thought of because like it was it wasn't one of the best ones i've ever had but it was kind of funny that like I, I don't even remember what we were talking about. And he just like chimed into our conversation. Like we were, <laughs> Scott yeah. and I were just talking and he's just like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> he was very outgoing. Yeah. Um, though I think my favorite like celebrity meet of all time is, is t- touches into this subject of getting a chance to actually talk with a celebrity and stuff like that. And it was not a, um, it was not a media celebrity, like an, an actor or anything. It wasn't. It wasn't an actor. Uh, it was uh, Larry Elmore, who was an artist uh, from, well, like the the seventies and eighties uh, and stuff. He was at LCTC one year, and uh, uh, he did a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons from you know the the eighties, late seventies, early mid eighties through the 80s, actually, into the 90s. A lot of book covers, you know, of, of D&D and stuff like that, D&D uh, novels and things, and I love his art. And uh, so I was really excited that he was there. But I walked up to him, where I walked up to his booth, and he was sitting there. And uh, first of all, he's actually from here in Kentucky. He, he lives in western Kentucky. And uh, I walked up, and, and I, I, I said, I, I'm, I'm going to I'd like to apologize in advance. It's like, are you Larry Elmore? And he's like, yes. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I love your art, but I've never seen a picture of him. I didn't know what he looked like. So I'd never seen him. And he's like, oh, that's fine. And so we started talking and I spent like 45 minutes trading D&D stories with him. Like I would tell him games and campaigns that I played in. He'd come back with games and campaigns and stories he'd played in. We were just two D&D nerds, just telling each other stories that was awesome those are the best ones man where you feel like you've actually made like a personal connection just just as people celebrity status aside those are great man that was uh i think i've shared the story on the show before but my my peak celebrity be also again not a a media not someone known from tv and movies but my buddy my close personal friend mike grell uh, Green Arrow author and artist had an entire conversation about Howard Hill, uh, the archer who did the stunt shooting for the Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn from 1938 39. Uh, I should know what year they came out. Um, just talking about trick shooting and archery and how Howard Hill did the split the arrow shot and, and, uh, stuff like that, and it was it was also uh, Jay got to witness the first time I ever got so nervous meeting a celebrity. I, I clammed up. Uh, <laughs> thank God he was super cool 
and I very quickly that 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 intimidation thing faded right away. Um, I've actually got to meet him twice now, and he was he was equally, if not more, so awesome the second time I met him for all the same reasons. Um, yeah, because you walk up, and I was dressed as Green Arrow, and I'm there to talk, you know. So at first I go to Green Arrow, and and, and but then the conversation pivots to other stuff, and, and you know, because he was I have when I'm the version of Green Arrow I was cosplaying as is the one he wrote in the the 80s. So it's it's a very simple green tunic uh, and um, leather gear, leather quiver Scott built for me, which is now autographed by Mal Grell, which he volunteered to sign for yep. no charge. So it is now retired in my cosplay museum. Um, but I have a wood, uh, handmade wood longbow, which is what he talked to me. And then, you know, he's like, hey, do you do any shooting? I was like, yeah, I do some target shooting here and there, but nothing serious. And we started talking about bows and that led to Howard Hill conversations, which is my favorite Robin Hood movie and is in my top five favorite movies of all time. I could talk that movie till I'm dead, you know, blue in the face. Uh, but that was, again, just two nerds talking about nerdy shit at a con. One just happened to, you know, be a featured guest with their own table signing autographs, and one was a nerd dressed up as Robin Hood. So, um, I, I, I just want to, I just want to add. To that Mike Grell story, the first time that Obi John met Mike Grell, Jay loves and, this part. And I was, <laughs> I was standing there with him, and we're standing in line, and I had no idea who Mike Grell was, and I just know what Obi John had told me, and I was like, oh, okay, all right. And we're standing in line, and we're like the next person to get an autograph, and John just like keeps turning to me, and he's poking me, and he goes. And if you know Obi John, this is gonna make total sense. He just looks at me and he goes, "Hey, hey Jay, hey, hey Jay, that's Mike Grell." And I'm like, "Okay, John, yeah, yeah, it's Mike Grell." And then we took a few steps forward, and he's like, "Hey, hey Jay, 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 do you see him? That's Mike Grell." And he's like a little schoolgirl, <laughs> and he just keeps saying it. He's like, "Mike Grell." And then like when he goes to meet Mike Grell, he's like, "Oh, like he can't contain himself." And I'm like, "Okay." Of all the like seasoned veteran celebrity meters, Obi John has met a lot of celebrities and like has had interactions with celebrities. Like, this is the most like fanboyish, just over the top I had ever seen him. And when they started taking pictures, and John was just like giddy like a schoolgirl because. <laughs> Mike Grell's like, oh, let's do this pose. Let's do this pose. Hey, can I see that bow? And he's like pulling the bow back, and John's just like, ooh, it's Mike Grell. <laughs> I love. You remember that. the part in Christmas Story where Ralphie's going to meet Santa, and there's that weird kid in line next to him. The entire time they're in line, the kid just keeps talking about what he's going to tell Santa and how excited he is to see Santa. And then he gets to Santa, and he just freaks the fuck out. That, that was, was me meeting yep. my girl for the first time. But like I said, he was super cool, super nice guy. Very excited to see uh, someone cosplaying his version of the character and not just the Arrow TV show version of the character. Uh, and, and again, we happen to have common ground. We both love era, uh, Howard Hill and Arrow Flynn and old school archery. So um, uh, meeting him the second time, I almost wasn't good because like, I know I'm bad. I'm already got it. But I was like, no, nah, I got some more of my girl shit. I want to have him sign. And thank God I went back because, dude, he was so cool. Uh, I don't, I don't want to bring us down, but let's get back to it, man. 
Uh-oh. Something something you said earlier about meeting celebrities in the wild made me think of this. And it's something I'm not sure I've shared on this show. So this might be the first time you guys have heard this. But back when I was in college over the summer, I got a I was working at a factory. But a friend of mine was running a uh, show in Dubuque, like a big. Um, oh, like a festival, like a like a river festival type situation, like with bands and food and all that and she was like an assistant to the person in charge and she was looking for drivers and our job as a driver was to drive from Dubuque to Davenport which is known as the Quad Cities and there's an airport in the Quad Cities the Quad City Airport and uh, a lot of flights can come into there it's not an, uh, an international airport by any means but it is a larger airport in the area. Bigger than the Dubuque Regional Airport. Yes. And so it's only about an hour drive from Dubuque to Davenport, so it wasn't bad. So uh, one night I had to take back a cover band. They were a queen cover band, and they were pretty cool. They slept because it was like four in the morning. But um, anyway, I had to go pick up a band with the other driver. So we needed both vans to pick up the group. The group in question was Three Dog Night. Oh, if you guys are... How am I just now hearing this story? <laughs> okay. That so was we went... Dale Peacock's favorite band of all time. Okay, I'm sorry, John. This is why I didn't tell my dad this either. Okay? So we went to go pick up Three Dog Night, and the other van got, like, I don't know, the one of the guitarists and another guy... And in my van was the guy that played the drums, the guy that played the bass, the lead singer, and the sound guy. Like, they brought their own sound dude with them to set up the show and whatnot. They got, and we were standing there with signs at the airport. You know, they didn't say Three Dog Night, because then people would have freaked out. They said their names. So we got these guys and we, we loaded up the van and the very first thing that the drummer did was turned off the radio. And I'm like, it's an hour drive. And he goes, yeah, I hate music. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, what? You what? And he goes, yeah, I, I just hate listening to other music. And I was like, it's an hour drive. And he goes, yeah, I just hate the shit on the radio. Well. Looks like you're having a conversation with the drummer then. Oh, okay. That's fine. We can, yeah. Yeah. So we start driving. Not a fucking word. The lead singer is sleeping behind me. The bass player is sleeping next to him. The sound guy is on his phone, like watching YouTube videos or some shit. And the drummer's just sitting next to me. So you, you didn't like say, well, what do you like? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you? I, well, I was like, I was like, so how was your flight? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. how, you, you guys, where are you guys staying in Dubuque? Oh, I don't know. How long are you guys staying in Dubuque? Oh, just two nights. Okay. So then I was quiet. The, the nicest thing the drummer said to me was he asked me if I wanted a piece of his Toblerone. Piece of his what? Toblerone. Is that Are a familiar? No, no. It's a candy bar. Have you ever seen they're triangular shaped? No idea what you're talking about. Did I say Toblerone? 
Yeah, it's like a triangle-shaped chocolate bar, and, like, you break off pieces of it. Anyway, he asked me if I wanted a piece of the Toblerone, and I said, no, I'm good. Fucking dead silence all the way for the hour drive, basically, from Davenport back to Dubuque. Didn't say a word. They were just... I don't want to say they were generally assholes, but they were just kind of assholes. But you are talking like four o'clock in the morning here, though, right? No, no. When I picked them up, it was like one in the afternoon. Oh, okay. I I thought this was, I thought you took the the queen cover band, dropped them off, and then picked up three dog and came back. No, I I took the queen cover band, dropped them off, drove back to Dubuque, drove back to Davenport, picked up the three dog night, and drove back to Dubuque. Oh, okay. And like, and then I found out that, so they had this, like, there was a bus, like a tour bus. And it was like a giant camper tour bus that was provided by a local car dealership. And they needed their own bus. There were other bands, but Three Dog Night needed their own bus. And then there was a second bus parked next to that, that in the window. So in the window of the Three Dog Night one, it said Three Dog Night. In the window of the other one, it said Earth, Wind, and Fire. No. Yeah. Blood, Sweat, and Tears. One of those multiple. Earth, Wind, and Fire is a band. That's what... Coke, Coke, Pepsi, and Sprite? Yeah. Anyway, they were the other band. And I was like, okay. And they could not share buses. And then Three Dog Night was like, oh, we need our own food catered to us. And, like, they just left the food in the bus and never ate it. and th- But it had to be provided. And then I got sent to go to Hy-Vee. John knows Hy-Vee. It's like a grocery store, if you're not familiar with Hy-Vee. I hear there's a helpful smile on every aisle. Yeah. So I had to go to Hy-Vee and, with orders to buy a bunch of bananas for the uh, sound guy. And, of course, me being me, not, you know, down with the English language, when the head of the festival said, I need a bunch of bananas, I didn't take it as, like, a bunch of bananas. I thought he meant literally just, like, a bunch of bananas. Like a shit ton of bananas. Yeah, and so I was like... like, Instead of just buying one bunch of bananas. Well, before (laughs) I left, I asked. I was like... What do you mean a bunch? Do you mean like 20, 30, 40 bananas? And the guy's like, no, just like no. a bunch. And I was like, bunch. oh, a bunch. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's a, it's a, a thing. It's like a, it's like a rick of wood. So anyway, um, my experience. Well, rock stars are thing. notoriously divas. So none of that surprises me. It was just kind of, just kind of a shitty ordeal. Let's put it that way. I, uh, although I did get asked to go out to the bars with Earth, Wind, and Fire. So. Yeah, thank you. Hey, there you go. And and you obliged. You said yes, right? Uh, no. Why not? Why would you volunteer? To you could have gone drinking with real life fucking rock stars. Exactly. Why would you volunteer to be a driver to, to to drive these people? But then when the perk comes up of being invited out, you say no. Well, I also had only been operating on like two hours of sleep, so. They'd have given you something. I'm sure they would have. <laughs> I'm sure they would have. All you had to say was, man, that sounds awesome, but I am dead tired. It'd be like, look, take one of these. We can fix that. Yeah. 
Take so. one of these, two of these, drink a lot of water. <sighs> anyway. I only have That's one cool. celebrity in the wild story, and it's not very exciting. So, Scott, do you have any celebrity in the wild stories? Uh, well, uh, I only have one, and once again, it's it's not exciting. Um, but uh, uh, so here in Lexington, we have a couple of racetracks. Uh, one of them is is Red Mile, uh, and it's primarily a harness racing track. Is what it's primarily known for. It does some different things, but um, they were having there was a there was an annual horse show event. Uh, I, it's one of like one of the like Rolex, you know, blah 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 annual blah blah something. I don't know. Nicole wanted to go. I don't keep up with the shows. Nicole's like, hey, it's up there. You think we can we can stop by? And like, and like yeah, sure. It wasn't one of these things. It's like high price tickets. It's just like five dollars at the gate to get in and stuff. And uh, so we're there. It's moderate crowds, you know. It's not too bad. But we're we're sitting there and we're watching. Uh, and, and when we get to the track, an event starts up. Uh, that is, I forget what it's called. It's kind of like buggy driving, you know, where you have it's just it's like, called buggy racing. It's, I don't know if it's racing. I don't know if they're racing or if it's for show. Like I don't know exactly what the competition is. I don't know if it's. If it's, con- I think it's more of, you know, the presentation and control of the horse is what's being judged and not like a race. Um, it was full on chariot racing, <laughs> but there they were. Uh, uh, it's single single seat buggies, right, and everything. And so we're 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 sitting there, uh, and we we kind of get up toward the fence, you know, uh, next to the, the the area where they're they're doing this and everything. We're just talking about the talking about stuff. And somehow or another, I don't know if Nicole asked me about it or what, but the subject turned to William Shatner because he shows horses. He lives here in Kentucky or has a house here in Kentucky, a farm and things like that. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, yeah, actually, I think this is his his thing because um, I took some wood turning lessons once from a gentleman in in Georgetown who was William Shatner's personal photographer for, for all of his horse stuff. Uh, back in the seventies, uh, eighties, and nineties, uh, he's he's long since retired by the time I met him. But uh, I'm like, yeah, I think you know this is what he does and stuff as far as the buggy. I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he is here. And as soon as the words came out of my mouth, he comes trotting past on his on his buggy. I'm like, oh hey, look there he is. <laughs> and uh, Nicole's like, hey, we should we should maybe see if we can find his trailer. I'm like, no, I am definitely not going to be that guy. That is not happening coming up to William Shatner. It's bad enough going up to William Shatner at a con. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm not going up to William Shatner out in the wild going, hey, I'm a third trick man. <laughs> not happening. No. But in that documentary, he was just walking the con <laughs> floor, shaking hands and giving high fives and photobombing. Are you telling me that was a put on yeah. for the cameras? Oh, yeah, it's complete and utter bullshit. I've seen William Shatner at uh, a convention. And... Uh, uh, actually, this harkens back to Jay. It harkens back to your story of uh, uh, John Cusack. So John Cusack, of course, I, I guess he wouldn't come out. You know, like you say, wouldn't come out until a line had formed. So William Shatner, this is LCTC one year. First of all, he had security take him to and from his table via back routes. He would not go on the con floor. Wouldn't go near it. Now, 
part of me doesn't blame him because he does get swamped. He does. So I, I kind of get it. But once you're at your table, you should you should kind of be a little bit less asshole-ish. But uh, so one end of the floor is William Shatner. The exact opposite end of the, the, the con floor, not just the row, but the whole damn con floor, as far as they can get him away from William Shatner, is George Takei. Because it's, it's well known they don't, they don't care for one another. They're not friends. They've worked together, but they ain't friends. Anyway, but William Shatner's booth was set up, so he had his table, and he had this like little tent partition area and so i walked over well i I was walking through the con because i mean it's hey it's william shatner i'm a huge trek fan you know i do have his autograph through back channel means from many many years ago um but i've never met him and i was looking and there was probably seven or eight people in his line and he was back behind the tent partition you could see him from the angle that i was if you were standing there, you wouldn't see him because the way the tents were set up. But from my angle, I could see back into this little partition area. He's back there, and he's sitting there, and he's on his phone. You know, and I forget. I don't know if it was one of the the, the handlers that was in the area or something. I, was, uh, I asked about it. Like, hey, what's going on with? Uh... No, it was Donna. I asked Donna about it later. I said, Hey, what's going on? There was people out there, but he was just sitting back there. It's like so apparently. When his line would get like below 10 people, he'd leave the table, he'd go sit in his little area and wait for it to build back up. He would leave people standing there. As bullshit. Yeah. Complete and utter. Yep. A lot of celebrities have that in their contract. If there's not, you know, X number of people in line or a line so long or whatever, I will not be at my table because they will never be seen at their table without a line. Chuck Norris was the same way. Uh, I I have a I have a celebrity in the wild story that involves Megan. Okay. Your wife doesn't count as a celebrity. As much as we love her and her cookies are great. I might want to rephrase that. But no, it's perfect. Uh, Nailed it the first time. Uh, Print, uh, roll, moving on. So she was in La Crosse, Wisconsin with her cousin and some other friends. Uh-huh. And they were out at the bar drinking. And they're like, oh, let's go somewhere else. Let's go do whatever. And so they go get in their car. And, like, she hadn't had enough. Like, she hadn't drank so much she couldn't drive. She had, like, one or two drinks. But she started backing out of her parking space. And then one of her friends was like, oh, watch out for that guy. And, like, she wasn't super close to the guy. But, like, she stopped and slammed on her brakes because this dude just walked out of nowhere. You know, jaywalking. And Megan turns around and her window was open because it was nice out. It was like in the summer and her window's open and she turns around and looks at this guy and she goes, watch where you're walking, you Keanu Reeves looking motherfucker. And it drives away. Right. Well, turns out it was actually Keanu Reeves. (laughs) He was in lacrosse promoting something or doing something and he was just out having a drink or getting lunch or something and was crossing the street and he was super apologetic when Megan like slammed on the brakes. And you know, he's like yeah. 
he's like, didn't say anything, but he's like, sorry, 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 and kept walking. And Megan's like, yo, watch where you're going, you Keanu Reeves-looking motherfucker. And then <laughs> it was Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Your wife almost hit John Wick. <laughs> the story here is that she lived to tell the story. He so, was hungry, she crossed the Baba Yaga. I I just love that story because she's just always like, she's like, yeah, I almost hit Keanu Reeves with my car. And I'm like, wait, what? Wow. Okay, well, if we're going to share a secondhand in the wild stories, I got a great one. It involves my mom. Bless her heart. She's at the airport. She's coming home from Minnesota or going back to visit family in Minnesota. I don't remember which way she's going. Anyway, she's at the airport. Now, at the time, she's looking into wanting to get a new laptop. And my mom is the kind of person who will shop for something for like six months before she buys anything. So she's headed to her terminal or waiting at her terminal and she looks across and she sees a guy in like the opposite terminal kind of in a back corner with kind of a hat pulled down typing away on a laptop. And it happens to be the same model she's been looking at buying. So being Nancy Peacock, you know, she's never met anyone who she can't talk to very much like Jay. She gets up, walks over, comes up to the person and says, hey, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you. I see you're busy. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, how do you like the computer? I'm, I'm looking into that one. And guy starts talking to her about the computer. She sits down and they start trading stories. Can it do this? How does it handle that? Do you, do you like this? I hear it has this, you know, asking him questions like he's a fucking sales rep on the, on the floor at Best Buy. And he's polite and answers all these questions and and, and talks about uh, he loves the he was one of the first uh, this is how long ago it was you know they built the camera into the laptop and he liked that because his wife is a pregnant and he travels a lot for work uh, and he likes it because he can you know talk to her through the, the you know see see his wife and stuff and he joked about you know she she's got the big pregnant belly so she pops it on her belly and they talk that way and there's a page and he goes oh that's my flight and puts it up packs it up and, and walks off. And she's getting up and going back to her seat. And everyone else in the terminal just kind of stares at a mom. And she sits back down. And the guy next to her at the terminal goes, do you know who that was? And she goes, no. Ben Affleck. <laughs> no. Ben Affleck. No my mom way. recognized the name, but could not tell you a single movie he'd ever been in. Oh, my God. Only your mom would. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. This is what I told her, too. Is like, I guarantee you, the only reason he talked to you at all is because you didn't know who the fuck he was. You were just asking him about his computer and his laptop. You didn't ask him about a single movie. She's like, well, I didn't know any. I'm like, exactly. He only talked to you because you were just treating him like a normal person. And you wanted to ask about his computer. Had you started that conversation with, I loved your movie. It would have been a whole different experience. But yes, my mom met Ben Affleck at the airport. That had nuts. no idea who it was. Not that a single nuts. fucking clue. I love it. Um, I've got a secondhand, firsthand meeting in the wild. Okay. Because <laughs> it didn't happen to me, <laughs> right? Uh, 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 Jeremiah. Uh, my best friends from high school. Um, uh, I don't know if Jay's actually met Jeremiah or not, but uh, he did. It was uh, did uh, house rules with me and stuff. <clears throat> uh, a 
apparently he was he was flying somewhere for work. And he was in an airport. I don't remember which airport, but anyway, it's like midnight, something like that, you know. And this little girl, he said about nine years old or something, comes running up, you know, she's running down the thing and comes kind of running toward him, not like to him, but toward in his him. direction. Yeah, his direction. He's looking, he's watching this little girl and everything, and he's, you know, you know how you do, the little girl's kind of running. And right behind her on her heels is the girl's dad. Catches up to her right when they kind of both get to Jeremiah, scoops her up, picks her up, and of course his gaze follows up to him, and it's Colm Meany, who played uh, Chief Miles O'Brien in Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. He didn't say anything to him. Because once again, you don't want to be that guy. But No, yeah. you want to ask him about their laptop. <laughs> exactly. He should have asked about his laptop. Yeah, some of my favorite Nancy Peacock stories. But uh, I love it. I've got. Did anyone have any more negative stories? Yeah, that was kind of the the the, the trigger is his shitty celebrity meet and greet and, and stuff like that. I, I I think James. I think James. We're fortunate we've got more good than bad. Yeah, I have one that was like it started bad but it turned out great. Um, I paid for. So this was again Wizard World and okay. Elijah Wood was going to be there. Ah. And I, I prepaid for an autograph and selfies at the table because in Wizard World, it was an option under yeah. Elijah Wood. So I just prepaid for it, got a ticket on my phone, whatever. We'll get there to his booth and the handler, like the guy working for Wizard World that was sort of keeping the line moving, was like, no, he's not doing photos at his table. And I was like, but I paid four photos at his table like this is an option and i showed him and he's like no you're gonna have to go trade that in and i was like trade it for what and he goes like a professional photo op and i was like but you guys offered it i was like all right all right all right i'll I'll go check with the photo op people so i go check with the photo op people and they're like no that's four selfies at his table and i was like that's what i said yeah uh, I walked back over and I was like, I said to the guy, I was like, all right, listen, I paid for the autograph. I'm going to get the autograph. That's fine. I just want you guys to know that your system is fucked up because if you're allowing people to pay for selfies at the table, but the celebrity's not actually taking selfies, that's shitty. Like you guys are, you're getting people to pay extra money for something that they aren't yeah, getting. They just to fucked you out of however much it cost. Yeah. And I was like, I'll go get my autograph. It's fine. I just want you guys to know you fucked up. And I'm like, I'm sure I'm not the only one because then there was a couple in front of me who were like, no, we did the same thing. And I was like, see, it's an option. And like, I even showed the guy, this is an option. So he's like, well, let me figure some stuff out. So we went through the line and got an autograph from Elijah Wood. So I got to meet Elijah Wood. And that's the one I gave to, to Obi John and Whitney was the one that said happy anniversary. Cause I know there's no Obi John. That's Whitney's. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm just, I, I know Whitney's a huge um, Elijah Wood fan. And so then I was like, thanks. It's really nice to meet you. So then I walk away and I'm just like still feeling kind of shitty. Cause I didn't get my pictures with him. And uh, I'm talking with this other couple about it. And they're like, no, dude, we totally get it. We did the same thing. Well, as we're standing there talking, the guy who's like, oh, that's not an option, comes over and he goes, hey, um, so I talked with Mr. Wood. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, "Uh, 
he is. He's willing to take selfies at his table. And we're like, well, yeah, I would hope so, because it was an option. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the guy goes, here's the deal. We're we're really we feel really bad about this. We want to make it right. We're going to give you a second autograph at no cost. And you can take pictures with Mr. Wood. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And he's like, just go ahead and get back in line. So me and this other couple get back in line. The other couple goes in front of me. I, I, you know, I was like, hey, it's me again. You know, like, good to see you again. And I said, do you think you can sign this one uh, to Jason, Eastern Iowa natives? Because I know he's from Cedar Rapids. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah. And so then I was like, oh, and, you know, we got to take a selfie. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And so then the guy who told me, no, you couldn't take pictures, was the one who was taking pictures. So it was kind of like sweet justice that this guy had to take <laughs> the pictures for us. But the best part of this, what makes this the best thing, like bad turned great, was I said, hey, I know you're really busy. You got people in line. I feel bad for asking you this. I have a friend. She lives in Kentucky. She knows that I'm getting to meet you. It would be super awesome if like, I could record a Snapchat message and send to her. And he goes, yeah, okay. So then I was like, I was like, I'll cue you in. So I was like, hey, Whitney, I still have this video. And I was like, hey, Whitney, I got somebody here who wants to say something. And I turned the phone to Elijah Wood and he goes, hi, Whitney, wish you were here. It was a big smile on his face. And like, I'm pretty sure Whitney shit her pants when she got that Snapchat. So there were tears, sir. There were tears. It was, it was great. He was really cool. Yeah, that's uh, good on them for making it right. Yeah, uh, and I it's it's I've been on the other end of that shit so often. It's it that yeah that that that's somebody screwed up on the website and that dude was told no no selfies at the table and then you guys walked up saying but I paid for one and that dude was hit with a uh, uh, let me find my supervisor because <laughs> yeah. somebody fucked up. Yeah, well, that's that's cool. Yeah, I've got one story I have to share for talking okay. celebrities, and this is also kind of a bad made good situation. Jake came to visit in the summer, uh, and, and the, the point of the visit was kind of, hey, why don't you come visit when we're not attached to a convention table all weekend? We can kind of, you know, do other stuff and hang out. And that being said, there happened to be a convention in Louisville during the time frame Jane was there to, to hang out. So I was like, well, do, do you want to go to a con? What, we can just go for like the Saturday, just go and hang out. It's like, yeah, let's do that. I want to say it was Fandom Fest <laughs> at the mall. Yeah, Dumpster Fire Con Twenty, whatever is what it ended up being. This was a their their venue backed out allegedly at the last minute, so they booked a closed down Sears attached to a closed down mall. Well, the mall wasn't closed because yeah, the mall there. wasn't totally closed. I'll, I'll say that, but it was what you know when you used to build a mall with your anchor like your, your Macy's and your Sears and your whatever. It was like the anchor store for this mall. But the anchor, the Sears was closed. Like there were literally celebrities set up at like the perfume counter in the, the, the you know, jewelry case. Um, honestly, now signing, it, now signing autographs in Little Women's. <laughs> honestly, it was not a bad venue for a convention. Honestly. True. True. Um, 
very nice spacious walkways the clear walkway it was all in a circle i've been to worse convention setups anyway a lot of celebrities backed out uh at last minute it was one of those things where like dude people are rioting and demanding refunds for stuff but like we bought tickets we're fucking going we're we're gonna see how bad this car wreck is um one of the celebrities who did show up was matthew lillard who jay was super excited to meet because he was in what movie jay uh oh uh, uh, shit w, w? Oh, Wing Commander. There we go. Wing Commander. Yes. A little known early 2000s sci-fi movie Jay is a big fan of. Now, this kind of fits under a lot of the stuff we talked about. So Jay did not want to talk to Matthew Lillard about Scooby-Doo or Scream. He wanted to talk to Matthew Lillard about Wing Commander. Which I applaud because I would have to. Terrible choice. Now, now, this is the situation. There are so few people at this con Matthew Lillard is set up at a goddamn folding table that doesn't even have like a skirt around it. And he's, and I say set up, he's got a bunch of 8x10s laid out and he's just standing in front of the table hanging out talking to people. This is like the most bare bones, there's no barriers, there's a celebrity right there just go walk up and say hi thing I've ever experienced. So Jay walks up and he wants to get the autograph. Well, because he went with Grit first. That's right. I went up with Grit first because Grit had to go meet him because Scream. Yeah. So Grit goes up and I'm holding all Grit stuff dressed as Green Arrow and, and he, Grit gets an autograph and walks off and maybe five minutes later me and Jay come back and Jay is wearing Deathstroke and I'm holding all of Jay's stuff for him and Jay gets his autograph and Jay says to him in, in my favorite celebrity encounter reaction ever, Jay goes, hey, I really loved you in Wing Commander. That's a, I really liked that. Sorry, let me, let me do it. I really liked you in that Wing Commander movie. That was a cool movie. That was I really liked that movie. And then imagine that scene from Batman where Jack Nicholson goes to Bob, just Bob, you are my number one guy. It's like that. He grabs Jay by the shoulders and he goes, <laughs> dude, that's horrible. <laughs> that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Heart crushed, sad. I'm just like, oh. See, that movie only made money because they put the trailer for Star Wars Episode One in front of it, and this was before YouTube. So to go see the trailer, you had to buy a ticket to our movie to see the trailer, and then walk right out two minutes in. To be fair, though, he was really nice. That was just like, he wasn't mean about it. He was just sort of like, I can't believe that you like that movie. It was more of a, that's what you want to talk about? Like, that's yeah. the movie you want? Okay, I've done better work. <laughs> so, that, But then he did, I had him I had him sign a Scream autograph for me, and he signed it. Uh, I love when celebrities sign the autograph and, like, quote the part yeah. of that, that. So it's the scene where he's holding the gun and he just made the liver alone joke. And he signs it to Jason, liver alone, Matthew Lillard. And then he shows it to me and he goes, do you get it? Do you get it? And I was like, yeah, man, that's fucking hilarious. So as this is going down, Jay's got his autograph and you know, he, he he gets that secured. And I'm I'm handing Jay back all of his, you know, uh, cosplay elements as he puts the armor and the helmet and stuff back on. We're about to walk around again. And there's fucking no one there. Matthew Lillard looks at me and goes, 
this is the second time you've been up here. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you just holding stuff for people all day? I'm like, well, it's my friends wanted to come see you and get autographs, and they got stuff, and I, you know, I'm, just, I'm just holding them. He's like, man, that's really cool. You, That's really cool. You know what, man? Pick something out. This point, It points to his table. Just pick something out. Now I'm caught off guard because I, I like Matthew Lillard, but I wasn't prepared to get an autograph. So I got a free Matthew Lillard autograph. Uh, he signed a picture of him from 13 Ghosts because Ghostbusters, and he, he signed it, uh, not goats, ghosts uh, yeah. uh so yeah that was a look that con i'm pretty sure that was the the last year it ever happened uh it was a complete dumpster fire but man did we have a good time it it also just real quick addition to that story includes probably one of john's most favorite moments i didn't even get to witness because i had my back turned uh, and I can't think of it. Sonny Chiba, who, or, a.k.a. Hattori Hanso from Kill Bill Volume 1, was there. And I got his autograph as well. And as I was trying to pick out a picture, he asked me if he could have my sword from the, my Deathstroke outfit, which was a katana. And it's like a practice katana that's like fully weighted and you can do stuff with and as i'm trying to pick out a picture to get him to sign my back is turned to him and i guess john said he's just standing there doing like moves as you would with like a samurai as a samurai with a katana just practicing behind me (laughs) and then when i was done and i was like oh this one he like held it out and handed it back to me and was like thank you (laughs) and i was just like what did you what just missed the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> you so should have autograph- signed the goddamn sword at that point. Yeah. So the autograph I got is him as um, Hattori Hanzo, like checking out the samurai or the katana that he gives to um, the bride, and he signed it his name, but then he wrote the the Japanese for either katana. I think it was katana on the side of the autograph as well. So. That was, oh, I forgot about that, dude. That was fucking killer. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I, I could go on all day. I got, yeah, I got, yeah, I got I celeb yeah. stories for days, man. You want to talk about uh, cool quotes being signed on autograph? Have we talked about the time I met Bruce Campbell? Oh, I got a good quote story, but go ahead. Okay, so Grit and myself got to meet Bruce Campbell. This is, I want to say, Scarefest, maybe? Um, and I had this wild idea. What if we can get Bruce Campbell, because we were there in full Ghostbuster gear, me and Grit. What if we can get Bruce Campbell to put a proton pack on? How fucking cool would that be? And it was like, he, that's too heavy. Like, we'll use the photo pack, because we have a proton pack made up just for people to put on to take photos with. It's super lightweight, hollow, vacuum-form plastic, super lightweight. So we brought that with and the guy running the line is like, nah, I don't know if he'll wear that or not. I was like, it's totally fine. I'm not going to get upset if he doesn't want to wear it. He's like, you can ask him, but I can't. It's like, fine, cool, I get it. So Bruce comes out, and we're all lined up. And he's like, hey, Bruce is here. Hey. And he's like, all right, there, let's get this show on the road. Let's have, you know, Bruce, he, he works the crowd. He gets you excited. So it comes to me and Grit, and we walk up. I'm like, hey, dude, it's awesome you're here. Like, I have a, a wild request. Would you be willing? We, we brought a spare proton pack. It's, it's super light. Would you be willing to put that on for the photo? And he puts the hand on my shoulder. Looks at me. He goes, "Man, 
I ain't wearing that shit. It's like, cool, no problem, cool. Where do I stand? Like, I'm not going to make a deal about it. We got a cool gray. He's like, yeah, strike a pose. I'll match you. And we got a cool, me and Gray have a cool photo with, with us and Bruce Campbell. Not a problem at all. I'm looking at the photo and I fully intend to go back and have him sign it. And as I'm waiting in line for him to come that he was at a, um, at a panel. So I'm waiting for him to come back from his panel to come sign autographs again. I'm thinking like, what do I have him sign? Like groovy. It's too cliche. Like what, what do I have? him like, so I'm trying to think of funny quotes from like McHale's and Navy or some shit that I can have him. So like, what can I have him? And then it clicks to my head. I'm like, have him sign it. So I walk up. And I was like, hey, I'm sure you don't remember me because you meet a thousand people a day at this shit. But, yeah, I, met, I came to you yesterday and it's like, yeah, you had the proton bag. I was like, yeah. And, and you signed it or, and you told me, uh, you know, I ain't wearing that shit. And, and at first he kind of, you know, leans back a bit like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. It was fucking hilarious. Would you sign it? And he goes, yeah, sure. Without even having to finish my sentence, he signed it. John, I'm not wearing that shit. Bruce. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Always, it's always fun. You have the interactions back and forth. Yeah, you know, as long as they're not negative and you know, blah blah blah. It I've really got something that is unique to me because I don't yep. think anybody else has that has that signature. Yeah. Um. So when it comes to to quotes and stuff, uh, one of my favorite meets was uh, here recently at the past Scarefest and stuff. Um, uh, Clint Howard was was there, you know, and I try to get you know as if if you're in Trek somewhere, I'll I'll go get the autograph, and of course Clint Howard being in in the original series, uh, and then doing uh, I forget which series it was. I don't think it was Next Gen. I think it was uh, uh, Voyager, but he's done some other Trek uh, and stuff here and there. And so I go up to his table, and there's no one in line right now. It's just him. I'm looking at his pictures, and he's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, oh, you know, it's it's good. I said, I'm torn. He's like, well, how so? I was like, well, I'm a Trek fan, huge Trek fan. So yeah, I know you've got the, you know, the, 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 the Blaylock, you know, and everything uh, uh, here, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I, I love so much of your other work. I, I don't know which picture I want to get. Uh, I said, I said, which one's your favorite? And he points to, uh, uh, he has a picture from Apollo 13 on it, right? He's like, yeah, that, that one's my favorite. I'm like, all right, you know, decision made. So I grabbed that one. And we go up, I go up there. He asked me my name, I tell him my name. Uh, and he signs it, um, was it, he signs it uh, fr- from, uh, from my chair here, this is the last option. Is the the quote that he signs and everything? I was like, oh, that's just like uh, that's such a such a great line. It's like you know, you as uh, as as you know, ecom and stuff. You had great lines here and there, and you know, we were talking about the different lines, uh, and I just happened to 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 say, you know, uh, 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 ecom is this you know, what is this? I said, ecom is this instrumentation? Or are we looking at real power loss? Uh, and uh, he goes, it's reading a quadruple failure. I, that, that can't happen. Uh, and so I'm like, uh, well, Capcom's talking about, you know, bangs and shimmies up there. It doesn't sound like instrumentation to me. And he goes, I'll get back to you, Gene. And we literally ran through the rest of the scene, just back and forth. So that was awesome. Scott got to perform a scene with Clint fucking Howard. 
but he's not an actor right cheer scott (laughs) but it was uh it was uh it was off the cuff you know not planned we just started going back and forth on the lines we just start running the lines because it's just infinitely quotable you know especially the shit from mission control Uh, that's 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 hard dialogue man that is like cut and dry expository dialogue to make that flow and, and sound natural that's that's talent I, uh, if, if we're talking quotes, I mean, I can go for days about awesome celebrity interactions like John Heater. Awesome. Um, Give him the heater. Oh, yeah. not the... Giancarlo Esposito squeezing Laser Baby. Laser Baby. Ah, Laser Baby. Hilarious interaction, right? Um, just all, all these interactions that I've had of getting to meet people. But at the top of my list has to be, and I've talked about this at length, I know, on the show before, has to be David Delarocca from Boondock Saints when uh-huh. he got when Megan got to meet him as well. And that's its own story of her and like getting the photo op and here's your fucking rope and them guys those guys laughing and uh, Rock holding the cat. And it's just all really great. But what I wanted to talk about is when I got my autograph and uh, he, we talked to him for a long time. He signed Megan's autograph about, I, he, he signed it with the quote, I shot your fucking cat, you druggy bitch. Um, I loved it. He wrote on the back, it was awesome to meet you guys and talk on the back of Megan's. All of this without asking for it. He just did it. And he's like, so you want an autograph too? And I said, Yes. I would love an autograph. I said, I I get autographs from celebrities. And he's like, well, well, first of all, he said, what picture would you like? And I picked out a picture because I love this picture from the movie and this 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 clip from the movie. And uh, I said, I was I was talking to him as he was signing it. And I said, I like to uh, take these autographs to school and display them for my students and so that they can see the celebrities I've met. And he said, oh, so I shouldn't sign it, shut your fat face, Reevee. I can't go to the store and buy a pack of smokes without running into nine guys you fucked. <laughs> and I, I stopped and I went, no, do that. I just won't take it to school. Do, do, yeah, yeah, do that. So that's what I went and grabbed was my David Delaraca. You can't see it right now, but my... <laughs> David Della That is Rocco. the longest quote I have ever seen on an 8 by 10 <laughs> And he did. He signed the quote, and just and like the picture is him holding the gun when he says it, and he just pulls his hair back. Shut your fat fucking face. Um, I, I loved it. He was awesome. He was just like. If there's ever a celebrity that is just that person in the movie, I'm I'm pretty sure that David Delarocco was not acting. He they just said, "Hey, be yourself," and he was. So that would have been fun. <clears throat> well, like we said, we could be here all day talking about that, but I think that does encompass the good, the bad, and the awkward of uh celebrity meets um 
we were fortunate enough to have gotten to meet a lot of cool people from a lot of things we love over the years. And we will continue to. I get a do-over this year with Stephen Amell. Uh, hopefully I can get a better picture out of this year. Um, You're going to take uh, the old picture with you, right? Just to make sure it doesn't happen again. So this no, is not no. last time. <laughs> Look, you assets. Yeah, we're not doing that this time. <laughs> You'll take the picture when I fucking tell you to take the picture and not before. No, no, that's when you say I, I've got my own photographer with me this time. He's dude, like, dude, yeah, right? if they would let me. <laughs> In fact, I might text Donna right now. Hey, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> I got my own photographer. He he gets my good angles. Uh, anyway, yeah. So this is the topic we can definitely revisit someday down the road because we'll surely get more celebrity stories. Uh, but for now, there you go. There, there's our good, the bad, and the ugly, the awkward. The good, the bad, and the awkward of meeting celebrities. Uh, do you have cool celebrity stories? Let us know. Uh, was it you know? They, were they everything you hoped they would be? Did they crush your spirits because they were a jackass? Were they somewhere in the middle? Did you freeze up like I did? Um, let us know your celebrity stories because uh, we want to hear them and we might revisit this again someday. But until then, this has been your weekly nerdler.